0: Don't be a crazy uncle keep your heart and mind open to at least engage in conversation and see if you are sitting in that sweet spot between grace and truth the older
1: I get the more I understand that balance as years go by I, I've figured out
0: you know there must be you must have almost figured it all out then. <laughs> Welcome to Resisting Pretense. I'm Tom Burks. I'm Scott Little, and we are hoping today to inspire faith-filled conversations about faith and culture. I think I said that wrong, but I don't have it up in front of me, so I don't know. That's close enough. <laughs> for our...
1: I was all set for the the thing from Crudes, like the little whatever that that animal is that goes doo doo doo. Oh,
0: all right. <laughs> Today's uh, episode of resisting pretense is brought to you by the number four and and the word of the day, fancy, fancy pants. pants. Don't know why, just kind of was the word of the day.
1: And officially by Diet Coke, what all which is always unofficially. refreshing.
0: Unofficially, yeah, you said and officially, we could get
1: big trouble. Yeah, don't no, no. Unofficially by Diet Coke, the yeah. refreshing drink.
0: <laughs> all right, now that we've lost all our listeners. Uh, <laughs> And Scott has Diet Coke shooting out of his nose. Uh, it always clears the sinuses, though, right? Isn't that nice? Just burns, makes the it eyes burns, water. That's right. So our topic today is um, crazy uncles. And I I had this time in my life, not so much immediately recently, but there was a little bit of it through the pandemic, and then definitely before the pandemic, there was more more of this. Sometimes it feels like in, the, in our faith family, sometimes it feels like the the crazy uncles outnumber the rest of the family. Sometimes it feels like that in our real family, too, but <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? But, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking specific, you know, like one group in particular, but there's any number of groups. I think about, um, what, is, what is it again? West Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, I th- I thought about, you know, just in general, anybody who, like, kills somebody or blows something up in the name of Jesus, uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> how, how can you justify this behavior? And, you know, you can then historically you can go back to things like the Inquisition and the Crusades and just, like, t- with our modern sensibilities today, we just, like, shake our head and think, oh, my gosh, how... How far off base can you possibly be? And it's a struggle. I don't, for, I don't know about you. Sometimes I almost feel the need to apologize to people about the, the extreme fringes of people in my faith tribe.
1: I think that sometimes we do apologize <laughs> for the extreme yeah. fringes. I think that, that, you know, it's interesting because this topic— in, in a strange way sometimes comes up just because somebody will be talking to us. And in my head, I'm going, don't be listening to the crazy uncle. That's, Mm. that's not the one you want to be listening to. Um, and I think what draws it is, is that there's, when I hear these types of churches or groups or things, there's a dogmatism about their faith that, doesn't make sense that is just so rigid Mm -hmm. that there's no room for grace right
0: right i have at times even wondered maybe we could change our like the name of what we call this thing to distance ourselves from the from the extreme abuses of of our faith and you know like i in the bible they used to not call it christianity they called it the way for a while and then it over time became known as christianity i was like maybe we should go back to that but that kind of sounds culty anyways so <laughs> i don't know sure it's a big big improvement well and the reality of it is is that w- once you
1: start getting into exodus on you always find some crazy uncles throughout scripture it's 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 true. We have a long and storied history of crazy uncles. Absolutely. <laughs> and so does every organization. That's not unique just to Christianity. That's but fair. But Christianity oftentimes, um, they get more targeted to say, because you have the crazy uncle, everybody else is the same way. Yeah. Where other invalidates organizations... Invalidates your
0: whole faith. Right. Yeah. Where other
1: people just go, oh, that's just the crazy uncle. Don't listen to him. hmm You know? So... Um, I think that, that sometimes we are unfairly judged as a faith based on the minority.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, uh, it also ran, we we got to talking about, there's a weird, a weird dynamic. How do you, how do you draw the line to what constitutes a, a crazy uncle? What's, what's mainstream? What's extreme? Um, is there a is there a kind of a a continuum of of belief and and what makes something extreme right and can it be extreme
1: to either either direction and and what I mean by that is that when we look at what Westboro we don't like what Westboro does or how they do it, but some of the things they say are true there's there's not. I cannot deny some of the things that they are, aren't are saying is true, but there's no grace. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, okay, we're all sinners and, and we are all saved by the blood of Christ. And that there is a grace that comes along with truth. The other side is that it, <clears throat> there are crazy uncles in my uh, view, perspective that are too far on the truth on the grace side too. Mm. And so they soften truth so much that, it's it's so watered down you can't tell what truth is and so there's there's almost this um there's almost this line this balance between grace and truth where we have to walk that we aren't we don't fall one way or the other
0: yeah kind of a sweet spot in the middle that if we can embrace the truth wholeheartedly about claims of Jesus even claims that our culture doesn't isn't comfortable with like um you know well, not not exactly claims of Jesus himself, but, you know, scriptural truths, Jesus being a part of it, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, say what the what the typical conservative Christian would believe about abortion or homosexuality, what Jesus said himself about being the only way to God. Those are things our culture really struggles with, and there's a truth there that we have to, if we're going to be followers of Jesus based on the words of the Bible— there's a truth we have to accept and honor and cherish. And, but then there's also the grace of how we, how we engage with people and the, the kind of compassion and, and thoughtfulness that Jesus modeled for us. And we've got to have both those things or else we find ourselves out in the extremes on, on one side or the other.
1: Well, that's where I think, you know, the thought that just came to my mind was the picture of the woman who's brought out in adultery. Mm. Um, The truth is she was an adulterer there. That was, that's not disputed in scripture, right? The grace is okay. If any of you have not sinned, then throw the first stone Mm -hmm. again, the truth coming out that, okay, you're, you're not any better than this woman here. And then Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven go and sin no more it's this it's that whole idea of we're released from the punishment of sin but then we're also asked don't do it anymore stop yeah we're you encouraged know, we're,
0: to set a higher standard for ourselves a higher you know to to follow the the value system that that god has shown us uh, in jesus and in the scripture so if um if a crazy uncle was
1: going to look at that scripture, how do you think they would they would um, promote it, <laughs> for lack of a better word?
0: I don't know. It, it's hard because I have a, such a hard time identifying with that. I feel like the crazy uncle would be like, so we need to drag all the adulterers out. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not sure that's why he, he did that. Um, You know, or... Let's throw bombs instead of stones. I mean it's like they they're just ignoring the obvious point of that exchange and and getting dogged still about their their truth. Or, you know, and and then the flip so that's on the on the the high truth side of the equation, but then you have people who will read that story from a very high grace side of the equation and see and say, "You know, see, it didn't matter, but it did matter. Mm-hmm. He said, "Go and sin no more." It, it did matter, and it was um, Jesus was direct with her, even as he was compassionate. And so uh, again, that trying to find that sweet spot in the middle where we can embrace grace and truth together. Um man, it's so important, absolutely.
1: absolutely. And and sometimes I wonder if if that's not the narrow road mm. it, when we're talking, you know that that the road to heaven is narrow. I wonder if that's not the narrow road, is that real balance of grace and truth and how <clears throat> it would be very easy to tr- trip up and tip on either side, you know, by by God's grace, he picks us up and puts us back on that road. but I think it'd be easy to fall on either side.
0: Well, certainly, if if we think we have the monopoly on truth and we we have the truth thing all figured out, we it's very easy to think we have we are now good enough for God's heaven, mm-hmm. and when when we understand. That that truth indicts even ourselves. Then, then I think we we stay on that narrow road, just knowing that okay, it's it's Jesus, it's only Jesus, that I am, um, that I'm gonna have access to God in His heaven. Um, and on the flip side, when we think that grace is so expansive that what we do doesn't matter then I think we're missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to lead people to Jesus because we just think, oh, well, it's just nothing matters. But yeah, so I think holding those two things together keeps us in that place where God wants us to be.
1: Well, and Paul referred to this kind of in in his letters to say there there is this line between legalism and licensure, and that neither one of them in their own extremes is okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That there has to be, you You can be too legalistic and hurt people.
0: That's the truth side. That's
1: the truth side. And you can have too much licensure and hurt people. And that's, and that's, the, that's grace. the grace side.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's funny. I I don't think it's just, I don't think there's a hard line where you go from being, like, for example, Properly committed to the truth, to being improper, like extreme. It it seems like there's some gradation before you hit what I, what at least I would describe as extreme. I guess that's always kind of a a judgment call, but I think in my my vernacular, uh, you have first someone who's just clueless, <laughs> and they, you know, they they're kind of making stuff up they, you know, maybe they, well, the Bible says this, you're like, really? Where? (laughs) And they're like, um, well, that's, that's what somebody said and they're just clueless. So they're like, God helps those who
1: help themselves. Show me that one. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they have this idea of what they think the truth is, but it's not founded on any, on anything real. It's just kind of their, what they've heard or what they think. And then, and then, further out from there further extreme from there you have people who are just myopic they they get fixated on one thing and the so you know like for example if they um if they think you know here's good old Baptist tradition because I have some Baptist in my background uh, if they think that that uh, since sex is bad that anything that might lead to sex is bad so like dancing is bad because it can lead to sex or playing cards is bad because it can lead all this. Like really? Like, this is like, we're going to break out a, a pinnacle deck and then end up naked. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I
1: don't see the connection. It's, it's the old joke about don't have sex because it might lead to playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sorry. That's all right. My bad.
0: Oh, um, so I think that myopic getting focused on one thing and then defining everything in your life around this one thing is is another example of, of leading towards extremism. And then and then there's just that like mind blowing, like crazy level of extremism that to me is like represented in the Christian faith of somebody, for example, blowing up an abortion clinic with people inside of it because well, because what they were doing was wrong. And it's like, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, and so there's a, there's a level of extremism there that I, like, I, I find it hard to even understand. And it's almost like the people who fall
1: into that extremism feel like, and not that I should be talking about other people's feelings, but feels like they have to do something about what they're myopic about. It's almost like they get focused in on this one thing, and the, and and they moves from
0: talk to action. Yeah,
1: and it's just like, okay, if this is if this is wrong, then I've got to do something about it, and so I need to deal with it right now. So I'm going to go, and and whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, it happens in reverse on the other side. That's kind of the truth pattern from, from what I would consider like normal, reasonable people <laughs> to clueless myopic and then extreme and then on the the flip side of the equation you have the grace side where you have people who are kind of clueless like well the the Bible says you know this behavior whatever is is fine it's like really because I've read several times where <laughs> like you know crazy little little things uh disobedience to parents is actually very strongly spoken Against in the Bible, not surprising, but some people are like clueless that that's even in there that Mm -hmm. it matters to God how you treat your parents. And but it does, He cares, it matters. He He intended for us to honor our parents. And so some people are just clueless about it and they think however they treat people is fine because they're under grace. And then, and then you get even more. You know, leading toward the extreme, and then you get myopic on the grace side of, you know, I can, you know, God doesn't care about my sexuality. All the all the old rules are are just cultural, and 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 so then, but then it's it leads to further abuses. For example, somebody who says, "Well, I think uh, the Bible never intended." to uh, condemn homosexuality. And so I can have this relationship with someone of the opposite sex. And then you're thinking, well, even if that was true, you're still not supposed to have it outside of marriage, which clearly you are doing. So it's not that you wanted grace for this area. It's that you want no boundaries on your choices.
1: Well, yeah, to take it, to take it in a different um mindset might be is that if God is love, then God must lovely, love me the way I am. And if he loves me the way I am, I love somebody of, uh, of my same gender. And so how can God condemn something he loves when I love something else? Is, there, is it not an A equals B equals C type thing? Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's no, I love you. That's why I've set these boundaries. It's not, it's not, you know, and so we take that extreme to say, well, if he is this way, he must be this way, the same way I am in all aspects.
0: Right. And I have noticed over and over and over again that particularly in this area of if God loves me, then he wouldn't put these boundaries on me. You know, I love my kids and it would be the most unloving thing. Not to put boundaries on them, boundaries about that I perceive as for their safety and their well-being. That that's normal behavior, and how, and we so, for some reason we don't associate that with God. That boundaries are normal, healthy behavior, mm-hmm. and and we we want we just want to press our own way, and then and then that can get even more extreme. And I I don't even know how, how I, what would be the most extreme version of grace, you think? Uh, The most extreme version of grace? That is what I said. Which
1: I guess, I guess is, again, I have to take action on what I am myopic about. So it's not okay for me now to think um, that. God loves me in this way and that I love other people in this way. And so that must be true. But now I have to convince you that my way is right Mm. and I will do anything to make that peace come true. And so it's always that now I've moved into thought into action.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think about the crazy uncles, the extremes of our faith and, and, on both sides of the equation, and shake my head. This is something we actually had thought a lot about in our church life, and ended up articulating some things um, about what we believe, not on a this or that kind of description, but a here's the middle ground. Here are the extremes on either side, and then here's the middle ground of what we believe about something, and and that middle ground maybe has a, a bit of a bit of range. You know, we don't we don't all exactly see everything the same way. But here's the middle ground, and then as you move further and further out, here's things that we just can't embrace because they're a little extreme. Right, and it's interesting because, um, <clears throat> as in all
1: churches, there are people in our church that don't. Um, Don't agree with our middle ground. Right. And and so they come and they say, Well, I think you should do it this way, this way, or this way. And it's like, you know, oftentimes we have to go, okay, let's back up. Let's talk about what how we function as a church. And if that's not how you can agree with that, then we may not be the church for you. We may not be, you know, and every church has people who come in and go, I, I. I don't agree with, with what you're doing. Okay. I'm, we're okay with you not agreeing, but we're not changing it because you don't agree.
0: Yeah. And I, when, when someone believes there is. Oh, and, and I feel this way about most things. I'll, I'll say, I can't feel this way about everything. But when somebody believes there's only one way to look at something, I get a little nervous about, am I dealing with somebody with a very extreme mentality? Interestingly enough, I don't feel that way about um, Jesus claiming to be the only way for salvation. That's, to me, that that I'm not uncomfortable with that being very definitive. I guess there is another way. You could be perfect and not need not need forgiveness for anything, but good luck with that <laughs> um, But Jesus, you know being exclusively the only way to God, not you know not Confucius Buddha Muhammad, or you know what whatever other religion that there's an exclusivity baked into Christianity that um, I don't I don't want to hold over people in a like a so we're better than you but I think it's really important that people know this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point that I'm almost lost it. Uh, but in most things, like if you say, Hey, I be- I believe this about what this the particular Bible verse means. I believe it means this thing. And, and I think, ah, oh, well, yeah, but I've read somebody else who said it kind of meant this. And I can see, I can see this other argument and it has merit in this way. And your argument has merit in this way. And, having at least the intellectual integrity to entertain different arguments without just dismissing them because they're different but actually considering them i think demonstrates like if you if you want a litmus test for are you an are you a crazy uncle or not like are you willing even to listen to a different point of view right and are you willing to consider its merits and and dialogue about it? Which I would do even with somebody who said, well, I don't believe Jesus is the only way. Well, like, interesting. Well, tell me, why why don't you believe that? And then if they if they proceeded to tell me, I would listen, I would evaluate, and then I would give them my perspective on what they said. But it's the person who's like, no, I, I can't even engage in a conversation with you. That makes me like, wow, that's... You you are locked in. Right. Which makes me like then I get flashes of, of you know, looking in the waistband to see if there's a, a gun <laughs> hidden there or whatever.
1: <laughs> and I think that's even for me, I can I can um I understand that there are churches that are more myopic than we are. Sure. And that is their faith. And I can I can respect them for whatever they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, their and commitment to a principle. Their commitment yeah. to a principle. And it may not be where I am comfortable in my faith. Um, and so I'm gonna find the church that I am comfortable. It's when they take it to the point where people are walking away damaged. When mm-hmm. so they're walking away that they either walked away from the church and said, no more, if this is what Christianity is about. I want nothing to do with it. Or they come to our church and go, I don't know what to do with this. I am so broken.
0: I have a great story relating to this. And it's, I'm not going to say the name of the church, but I was, I was working in my yard one day and, uh, an older gentleman walked up to me and he asked if I would have a conversation with him. And, and we got to talking and it, he wanted to talk to me about Jesus and i was a little bit um uh maybe impatient or i i was really kind of invested in the project i was doing and since i already kind of know who Jesus is i was like hey you know you're 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 preaching to the choir a little bit and you know i'm glad you're out here talking to people about Jesus but you know i'm i'm a pastor i work at this church down the street and i'm i am all in on Jesus, we're good. And and he and then he switched gears. And it was like he had his like, if they don't know Jesus, I'm gonna tell them about this. And then if they do know Jesus, I'm gonna make sure they're only reading the King James Bible. That was his next objective, was to make sure I was reading the King James Bible. And if if you're not familiar with Bible translations, it is the preferred Bible of of very conservative uh Christian tribes. If you want to say it that way, there are other English translations that are more modern and I tend to read those. And so he started going in on trying to get me to, to understand how the King James Bible was the only Bible we should be looking at. And I, you know, I've done my research in that space. I know what I believe. And, and I started to disagree with him and he started to get angry, like face got red, heated, got louder. And I'm just like, I stayed very. Calm. I wasn't being argumentative. I was just disagreeing, and he started getting really hot. And I was like, um, "Sir, we're, you know, we both believe in Jesus. We're in the same family. We're brothers. We we may not agree on this, but can can we just agree not to?" And he got frustrated and kept and, and finally ended up just leaving. And I was like, "Wow, I have no problem that." He loves and respects and wants to read the King James Bible only. And I have no problem if they are if they are a church that only uses the King James Bible for their teaching and their Bible studies and all the things that they do, if they only want to do that. But the it was uncomfortable that he would question the authenticity of my faith because I preferred a more modern day. English translation of the same scripture and that was that that was a really weird experience for me of somebody who was myopic and needed needed everyone to see everything just the same way he did my wife and I
1: when we first came to Christ we came to Christ through a church similar mm. to that where <clears throat> was probably as far as foundationally giving us good discipleship training mm-hmm. was extraordinary I mean we were when when we said yes to Christ we had a very clear picture of this was the cost this is what what needed to happen mm. here's where we took place that this wasn't just a um yes sir I'll do that and then all life is good it's you need to understand there is some sacrifices to this decision to follow Christ, but they took it to the point where they were saying, "If you're not doing this rule, this rule, this rule, this rule, then you must have sin in your life." And Couldn't and they, just and be they that weren't. You
0: disagreed with them. Well, so that would be sin in your life. Yeah.
1: So their downfall, quite honestly, was that they were they were using not, not their downfall. The reason that we left might mm. be a better word is that they encouraged us to read the bible they encouraged us to to study out god's word they encouraged us so when we started questioning with god's words these things then they became then they became uh, upset about it mm. and so we were we were in a sense kind of working our way up in leadership and then we started working our way down in leadership <laughs> and there was a point that we just said God is bigger than what this church has put him in this box. Hmm. And so we ended up leaving the church. And sure enough, we got um, chastised for being backsliders um, because we had left their church.
0: I'm so disappointed in you.
1: I know. I know. (laughs) Um, But the point being is, is that there was a, a, I don't even know how to say the word, myopism, sure we'll make we'll make it a word <laughs> they were so they were so single sided that we when we realized there's more to god's word and god's love and god's structure than what they were offering then then we had to step out mm-hmm. we had to walk away they weren't they weren't extreme about it i mean they were extreme to the people inside of the church they were not extreme to the people outside they weren't damaging to the people outside. But I guarantee there are people that walked away going this can't be what Christ is about. This right. this 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 can't be the whole picture. You know, and I th- and sadly I think sometimes the church people leave the church going this isn't the whole picture, but then don't go on to see what the whole picture is. And I think that's that's a problem we as the church has is to say let us show you we don't want to be myopic. We want you to see God in his wholeness, um, in, his, in his greatness, mm-hmm. um, in his awesomeness, you know. And um, and that's hard when you walk into a church with the attitude that, man, this church really hurt me. This church, these people hurt me. Um, and those are when we run into those extreme examples. And I'm just rattling on now. <laughs>
0: Well, I think the takeaway for me is that a lot of this has to do with how closed are you to input or how open are you to it? Receiving input does not mean you have to agree with it. Receiving input or feedback from people doesn't doesn't mean you have to agree, but when you are closed to it by default, you've really got to ask yourself, are you are you myopic or are you extreme um, because you're not even willing to listen and evaluate another point of view, then that's a dangerous place to be. And I think that's a, that's a warning for us. Living out lives of faith in this modern culture, um, we're going to get challenged constantly and if there is not even a willingness to entertain the challenge, to listen to it, to see if it has merit, to be humble, as Jesus taught us to be humble and say, is there something I could learn from this? Have I been expressing too much grace or too much truth? Have I, you know, have I not found the right balance in this area? Um, And then make a decision, not not based on Exclusively what they said, but what you know, as you reflect on it, as you look at Scripture, as you pray to God, and say, "Okay, have I been off base?" That's the that's the antithesis to the extreme mindset, and I think that's the place for us, wanting to live authentically, our faith in this culture. We've we've got to make sure that we have not closed our minds to to self evaluation and a challenge.
1: Well, and I think that one of our concerns is is that if, if I'm challenged, you might change my mind. And so I'm not going to let you change my mind, so I'm going to stick on these things. Mm-hmm. Which then raises in my mind the question or the thought, Am I, am I solid in my faith? Do I know why I believe what I believe when I believe it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if I am then the conversation doesn't have to turn extreme or doesn't have to be this, 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 um, doesn't have to be ugly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be ugly. It can just be a conversation and it, and it can begin with, okay, I, I understand that you and I believe a little bit differently. Tell me more. Tell me why you believe the way you do, knowing that I already have why I believe and what I believe and where
0: it is. Um, yeah, I literally tried to have a conversation with somebody who in my opinion is a little more extreme on the gray side and I said, "Well, I mean, you you have your beliefs for certain, you know, for whatever reasons and I have mine for whatever reasons and we don't agree, but I would be very interested in having a conversation with you to see how we might challenge each other." And he was just like, "Nope. Not going to do it." Because yep. he was not willing to be open. So that's that's for me, I guess the takeaway is don't don't be a crazy uncle. We got more <laughs> than enough crazy uncles. Keep your heart and mind open to at least engage in conversation and see if you are sitting in that sweet spot between grace and truth.
1: Yeah, I just I think that that's the most important part, and I think the the older I get, the more I understand that balance. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, I fell more on the truth side, um, then I kind of leaned in more to the gray side, and as years go by, I I figured out, you know, there. You must
0: be. You must have almost figured it all out then.
1: Well, no, no, <laughs> and if I have, God's getting ready to take me home. That so. was an age dig. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There is a now a position open at Stone Ridge Church. That...
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Resisting Pretense, talking about grace and truth and crazy uncles. And um, we uh, we look forward to your comments. And we, uh, I don't know, what else do we?
1: We love our crazy uncles. We just have to figure out how to walk through with
0: them. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. We'll see you next time. Bye.